All right. We're back. Hey. Welcome back to the Humble Superstar Podcast. The only podcast that's not just a podcast, but also a journey that you come along with me to my meteoric rise to stardom. And today, I've come to a realization. I know exactly how I'm going to become famous and rise to the top. Oh. You want to know how? I'm going Catholic, baby. (laughs) And so on the topic of Catholicism, I'm here with a very special guest, friend of the pod and fellow podcaster, Cassidy Bell from Bell on Earth. The Bell on Earth. The Bell on Earth. Say hi. Hi. (laughs) Hello. Say hi now. Yes, daddy. <laughs> I mean, father. It's already starting. Yes, father. Father, father very son, Catholic. and Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes, the Holy Spirit. Um, mm. So, mm, fill me up with that Holy Spirit. I can already feel it. Okay, of course so... I guess we should, like... First, start off, start off like saying, uh, maybe going over a little bit of our knowledge of Catholicism, like how it's impacted our lives, like how we can reasonably speak on it. Um, I know I was baptized Catholic, actually. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was. I think it was like my grandma's influence because she wanted me to not go to purgatory well that's for that why we named your section purgatory with kyle dobbs (laughs) i think that's really fitting i know yeah for those who don't know i have a i have a whole segment on bell on earth which is purgatory with kyle dobbs which is very great and cute. I really love that we're having your grandmother's worst nightmare come true for views. <laughs> for the listens, right? For the likes and the subscribes. So for the, for the interacts. <laughs> exactly. I don't know exactly what I was baptized into. I think Protestant. Um, right. I was baptized. You seem like a Protestant gal to me. I think that was just the church that was closest to my house. Um, right. But I think that I'd Protestants like... Protestants are very hippy-dippy, though. Are they? Are they not? Yeah, they are. Or we In comparison to Catholics, they are. Yeah. To be fair, it's like the cool church because you yeah. can like, get divorced. Yeah, and all, and all the priests can be like married, or they can be women, or something. Yeah, which like it's very open in that way. They just hate the gays. Beats me why you would want to be a female priest. Like, I think that's so funny that they fought for equality for that. Like, what woman really wants to be like a priest? You know what's funny is um, the woman I work for actually was going to go into the seminary. No. And then she decided to be a hippie spiritual entrepreneur instead. That's what I'm saying. Protestants all the way, baby. They're always hippies. Can I just say, though, that the reason, because my father and my mother are both, like, not religious, yeah. Um, so the reason that we started going to church was because I got jealous of my cousin because she got a really cool party um, for her <laughs> communion. And I also wanted a really cool party. So you were so, petty. So I convinced my parents to go to church so that I could have a communion. And it worked. Petty since day one. See, I like, I like 
got my first communion. I went to CCD and everything. And then by the time it was like confirm real confirmation hours, I sort of dipped out because I, I didn't want to like have to still go to CCD. Are you kidding me? It was a lot. Um, but I was I've always been like kind of drawn to the Catholic Church aesthetically. Same. I have like a, a real obsession with Jesus candles. Yeah, like, I love them. Jesus candles, um, the beautiful stained glass windows, the incense, the veils. I mean, I really love the naked Jesus dying yeah. on a cross. The, That's the my like favorite. most horrific depictions of the crucifixion possible. You gotta it, love it. The high drama, the camp. It is very camp, quite honestly. Right? Mm-hmm. But, I also because That's why of, I think like it would fit right into my milieu. Mm-hmm. As as a uh potential famous persona. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also I have seen um Jesus Christ Superstar, the the play. Right. And that was like because at that point I think I'd stopped going to church because I like we stopped going to church when I was like 10 because my parents still don't believe in any of that and then like I like it was really boring and I just wanted a party so we had the party and then I started going with a friend to this like it was like an auditorium but they had like sermons but it was fun they gave us like grape juice and like cookies and like right (laughs) um they fed you but we got to watch veggie tales and i because it was about jesus yeah but veggie tales slaps okay let's just say oh my god it's hilarious first it's like literally a talking tomato and they'll be like i got a comb and i'm like that's genius i don't know what crackhead came up with it but i I know (laughs) for real a crackhead uh, um, but the reason why we're talking about Catholicism today is because, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've definitely noticed an online trend towards the Catholic Church, especially in, like, aesthetic form manifesting online in in these, like, alt-left circles, weirdly enough. Mm, I agree and, and like I wanted to dissect that I wanted to figure out why why Catholicism of all religions because like you think about Catholicism within the last 20 years and it's like things have not been great for the Catholic Church they've been in a lot of hot water baby but I feel Just like bad news that everywhere almost... you look made it more aesthetically pleasing if that makes sense like it's almost like it's it's camp in a way right like you're almost making fun of it but at the same time like you're praising their like looks while also rejecting their beliefs right do you mean yeah so it's almost like because of all the controversy we can like almost um like it more because it's just so i don't know like racy (laughs) well let's let's get into the article that we read for Mm -hmm. today's episode um how catholicism became a meme by rebecca jennings which is um she wrote it for vox Mm. and um basically like it goes over the recent trends towards Catholic memory online uh, and how Catholicism has become like this wider ranging joke among young people. But also mm-hmm. like it's a joke, but it's another one of these uh, episodes in which I'm covering a post-ironic trend, but we'll we'll get to that anyway. Um, it, 
like my first note on the article is why is Catholicism back as a uh, memed trend in the online left sphere um the article kind of goes on to talk about like pop how popular celebrity churches exist these days but they're all kind of protestant like the hillsong church or church home um so like the trend isn't necessarily about desiring celebrity culture mm-hmm. or like celeb status um so they kind of like rebecca rules like that out as a possibility for the new trend towards catholicism i'd almost say it's like a rejection in some ways of celebrity culture because i feel like so many celebrities have kind of like come forward more with like their beliefs and like a lot of people don't really like that like when they have like Chris Pratt was like eradicated for like being or being into Hillsong yeah (laughs) yeah and I guess he also made some weird comments about his wife but like about who Anna Ferris? Yeah, he, like, said something about how he, like, owns her and people. It was, like, one sentence. Well, they got divorced, so. Yeah. Shows you how much he owned her. She owned him, baby. Yeah, for real. But he didn't even say that he owned her. It was just kind of, like, she's, like, my greatest accomplishment or something. And people are, like, she's not a trophy. And it's, like, I mean... (laughs) She's hot. She is pretty hot. She was (laughs) house bunny. Yeah. Iconic role. I don't know. It was interesting. Um, but like the article even goes on to mention like the Catholic influence on culture within the Met Gala, the 2018 Met Gala, which is like my favorite Mm. Met Gala. That was Angels and Demons, right? Or something it, like that? It was um, Heavenly Bodies was the theme. Oh, okay. So, like, my queen, Lana Del Rey, showed up as, like, the Mother Mary with her oh. heart, like, stabbed in. And okay, I remember that now. Jared Leto looked like fucking Jesus, and so did Alessandra Michele. Um. It was just like a great showing, beautiful costuming. Do you remember Rihanna dressed up as the Pope? Oh, yes, I do remember that. Which, yes. She served a look then. Oh, yeah. I mean, she always serves looks, but I feel like the Met Gala has like really gone downhill. No, but that was like the peak for Met Gala. Yeah, that's what I was like going to say is that that was like the last one. And then it all kind of was just like, oh, God. Everyone looks ugly. I know. The There's last, been like two the last looks theme over they the could past really like understand. four years. Yeah. Because like camp, no one got. Don't. Even. We're not here to talk about it, but. <laughs> it was so bad. Okay, so. Oh, I should mention that like I have a theory. Yeah. This article doesn't really like go in to theorizing why catholicism is trendy once more it it kind of like speculates a little bit but it doesn't really go there i have a i have a theory like based on like freudian analysis as to why people are turning to the catholicism but let's continue let's continue we got to stay on track I would love to hear your theory, though, because I feel like the article kind of does go over, like, what's happening, but not necessarily why. Yeah, it's sort of like a, um, it's not an analytical piece. Mm -mm. It's like a, I don't know. It's just a piece. It's just a piece (laughs) of ass. The topic is ass. The topic is ass. I'm going to do a God, Naomi so... Elizabeth episode. Oh, my God. Who, who, by the way, follows that account, I Need God, in every moment of my life. And Whoa. they follow her back. 
Wow. They I also mean, follow Dasha. That makes sense to me. I know. I think that's how I found it first um, was through Dasha. Right. Because she follows like a bunch of different like meme accounts. So anyway, apparently this all like really ticked off as a trend when on TikTok people were like juxtaposing the modernist ugly American evangelism aesthetic with the grand and beautiful and intricate Latin masses Mm. that are held in Catholicism with incense and candles and the gorgeous architecture and the high drama um and they even mentioned like the rise of the fashion brand praying which like i'm so happy that they mentioned mm-hmm. because i think like i think like they praying understands the psychology of this trend a little better than even the writer of the article does mm-hmm. because like for anyone who doesn't know the brand praying it's a uh, praying with two g's um wait do they spell the name wrong because i'm looking at the article right now i think they spelled the name wrong. yeah they spell the name like the correct way oh, okay i got you but that's not the correct way for the brand. Exactly. They don't know about brand aesthetics, baby. Clearly not. And that's the whole point of the articles. I know. Well, like, because Praying is a brand which often, like, plays on the irony of Catholic imagery and, like, famous phrases and Bible quotes being printed mm-hmm. onto, like, slutty clothes, you know? I feel like, like if you listen to this pod, you probably have seen at least a pic of these clothes. Yeah, like you probably saw, you've probably seen the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bikini. Iconic. Right? Or like the Corinthians shorts. I really want those shorts, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, and uh, But I, I do own like two shirts from Praying. Oh, I yeah. Own- I own one that um, it says, he who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man. Uh, But I think like the letter E in every word is replaced with thumper from uh, Bambi. I love that. And then uh, another one of their shirts that I own is um, it just says, you said you wouldn't and you fucking did. And I think it's the most funny passive aggressive shirt in the world. That's amazing. Right? I love that. But yeah, I do think it's really interesting that it kind of came around like when it did, because I feel like this aesthetic came right before the pandemic happened. And then the pandemic happened and that like kind of exploded it. Right. Mean? Well, I also think like after how many years of like postmodern architecture that people are like now drawn to the gaudy and the grand, you know, as opposed to the minimalist and the dry. Yeah. Um, and you can see this in, in like cultural moments of today like Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker's gothic wedding mm-hmm. or you can see it on Instagram every day at I need God in every moment of my life which the article um, goes on to talk about in length and interviews one of the uh one of the admins of the page, Kyle Hyde, which we love another Kyle reference really on the did. pod. Um, but basically, like, the account is just 
memes about God and turning to Christ in in like abject times. It's like but, but when in this, you need him to come, but yeah. like um you pray to God for that. Oh, it's saying the meeting is gonna be up in ten minutes. Oh, because you have the free version probably. Hold on. I'll upgrade. You heard it on the pod here. You're really rising yourself. I know. Um, but I really love this Instagram account. While you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Go off um, about the account. Talk I about your favorite memes. Sure. I can pull up the account right here, right now, live on Please. the podcast. Because it's really, it's such a beautiful... it's such a beautiful like motif of just like I feel like exactly what I feel in every waking moment because it's like it's like sometimes I do feel like we need to search for that like higher meaning and that like God like presence in our life and like you know I'm spiritual so I do have like I guess like an agnostic view of like how the universe is all connected but I just love how like it takes that feeling and really morphs it into something that is more like critical of like kind of like exactly like what like we're looking for. Do you mean? Yeah. And also like I don't know the memes are just like funny you know (laughs) like it if you've never seen some of them it's like Patrick Star being crucified on the cross, you know, or like we need an American girl doll who saw Joan of Arc burn at the stake, that kind of thing. I really particularly love this one that I just found, and it says, A good juicy watermelon is all the proof I need that God is real. And it's like an anime girl with big giant tits, <laughs> and she's sitting on a watermelon. Also, I, I I really like this one that I saw. It was like a screen grab from someone on Twitter saying like, oh, I found my pew for Valentine's Day mass. And it's like a single pew for only one person. True. I know. That's really amazing. But um, I just love it. I really love this account so much. And I feel like it really speaks to me so deeply, which I don't know if that what that says personally about me, but like I just feel like I relate to every single one. Because I don't know, personally, I love Jesus, but I think that like we like take his existence like way too seriously. Do you right. mean? And like everyone just uses him as a scapegoat, which is kind of like the whole, I feel like the opposite of the point of like what he's meant to be used for. I know, exactly. Because he like literally just hung out with like prostitutes and like weirdos. And like, he was just like an outcast that no one liked. He was literally murdered because he was like annoying. And that's what I love about him. And yet we, like, sit here and we're like, Jesus wouldn't stand for this. And it's like, bro, Jesus, Jesus was hanging at the end. He didn't stand for anything. I mean, Jesus, like, went into the desert with 12 of his bros. That's gay. <laughs> seriously, though seriously though like what straight person (laughs) in the right mind (laughs) like what else are you gonna do in the desert except like take peyote and suck each other off for real and this was like um the middle east so who knows what kind Mm. of cactus and Shit was out there, frogs to lick or whatever. Mm. Suck on my cactus. 
suck the water out of my juicy cactus. Oh my god. And then like the other gay part about this is that like his bros then wrote an entire book about him but they didn't do it. Their students did. They like literally wrote a love letter to Jesus. I know. Okay, but like <laughs> That's kind of like a that's kind of what I need God in every moment of my life is like it is like a love letter to the word of God. It's mm-hmm. like translating the word of God through internet speak or iconic memed imagery, you know. Exactly. Like, and I think it's interesting that the account grew in part to the quarantine and like people confronting their notions of faith and reevaluating their beliefs like after this existential confrontation that they've had mm-hmm. um and i also think it's like really interesting that like the accounts reach ranges from like boomer catholics to like millennials and zoomers and all it girls like dasha naomi elizabeth and caroline polachuk and you and me (laughs) exactly i do think it's really fascinating that like because um the article specifically mentions like christian dads with like bible verses in their bios and i do think it's interesting and i think it shows a level of awareness that i feel like you don't often see with like that particular group of people. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, this isn't necessarily nuance, an account. Yeah. Nuance. Like, people are understanding the joke, which I love to see. Mm-hmm. And it's just something you don't see, I think, with like the loudest people of that particular religion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, like, exactly. Exactly. They vehement, vehemently, or oh, I'm not saying that right, but you know what I mean? Like, they like, no, Catholics have Regularly been like, known themselves. historically to be hard-lined, right? Like, Catholic, I mean, like, Catholics have always been a little crazy, right? Mm-hmm. They be a little crazy. They be cray-cray. With all, all of those um, endowments, are they called? Where you, like, pay. Oh, endowments? The- yeah. Wait. Is that when you, like, enlarge your penis? No, you idiot. <laughs> no, that's called being well-endowed. Oh. <laughs> um, Same. Um, anyway. No, yeah, when they, like, pay for, like, their sins, which doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you get to pay to go to heaven, bitch? No. Like, that honestly, sounds like... That sounds like it was invented for the mob, bitch. Oh my god. That's like the like pre-MOM. It was like to pray. <laughs> to the Catholic Church is the original MLM, baby. That's wow. funny. I know. I, I can't believe I came up with that. Wait. It was all in Jesus' name. Okay, I only have like one minute left. I know. And I, I clicked on I clicked on upgrade. And it and you know what it's showing me? It's showing me a page that says no value present. Cute. I don't know what that means. Um did you pay for it? <laughs> I don't well uh, f- listen. Did I pay for it? I, I don't know how to pay for it. Um, We can continue on my account because I have the Zoom upgraded pro version. If you want to do that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's really giving us a countdown. I feel like Jesus right now. Less than a minute. Like, come on. In the minute, I'm going to need a little Jesus to enter my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna eat his body and his blood into my mouth. <laughs> oh my god. Amen. <laughs> Second down that communal wine and that wafer bread, that's his body. 
I don't know what I'm saying anymore. That'd be really funny if they um did like Christian covers. yeah that would be really funny i'd join the church (laughs) if they did that like could you imagine okay it's good wait you're recording it yeah and i'll just send it to you because like i can just send you the link and you download it from my cloud anyway imagine um what was I saying? Uh, imagine like... Imagine dragons. No, fuck that. <laughs> imagine imagine being Lizzo and you just hear like... Actually, Lizzo would probably like go off about it because she seems like a girl who like loves Jesus or something. I feel like she would love the like vibe of like a remix of her song like that. Yeah. And I feel like she'd bring her flute. I don't know if she's religious, though. But imagine, like, imagine someone as godless as, like, Kesha. (laughs) Wait, okay. Let's, like, talk about the fact that Kesha has, like, met God. (laughs) At least in her words. And I believe her. I love Kesha. I know. She's great. She's amazing. But, like, she like I don't know if she was like in meditation or something, but she just like um I don't know was doing something and like heard the voice of either her higher self and or the universe or God, mm-hmm. and that's like why she has a podcast of her own, <laughs> which I really love. God told her to podcast. <laughs> a similar thing happened to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell about your God awakening story? Um I guess like I don't know. I believe in like universe manifestations and that kind of thing. Ugh, I don't want to be like boring on the pod right now and talk about like my own spirituality. I feel like just a vague description of it is not that boring, though. I feel like people want to know. The people right. want to get to know you, Kyle. Well, personally, I'm really We into... want to peer deeper into your orifices. I know. Sluts. Um, no, I like Nietzsche Buddhism. Mm, yeah. Because it's all about chanting... And, like, getting yourself on a vibrational frequency where, because I'm big on vibrational frequencies, like, I'm all into Nikola Tesla and, like, Mm -hmm. the study of, like, cell vibrations and how, like, even the earth emits a certain frequency Mm -hmm. um, at its core and how, like, at a certain frequency like cells regrow and multiply which Mm -hmm. i think is really interesting i don't know i'm talking about hippy dippy shit all of a sudden we should get back into the article (laughs) no i do think it's really interesting and i also think i really do think that like the turn towards spirituality is kind of what has brought this mummification of catholicism right because you know I work in the spiritual community and stuff like that. And like a lot of people in there have like grown up in the church or have grown up in some form of standardized religion and have then turned to a more universal look at things. And like, I do think that like, because of that, like because of like this need to kind of find something in like something that's already there, we like have brought forward this like like it's kind of like a critique of like what we've always known but at the same time like in a funny like jestful way right because like I think that's like especially what our generation really like is drawn to because like we've grown up in some like pretty horrific times I mean I guess everyone has like horrific stuff going on but like we've grown up in like a very like 
post-apocalyptic type of world. And to bring humor to that is so important. I argue we're the most nihilistic generation just Mm. because like we grew up with 9-11 in the background of our lives and like global warming became a huge talking point when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And like active shooters. Yeah, active shooters. In all school. Stuff. Like, um, some crazy shit, but like, yeah, our parents had to go through shit too, right? With the Cold War and stuff. But like, right. it was always on like an, like an imminent kind of threat that may or may not happen. Whereas like for us, it's like, this is like more real, right? Like we've yeah. grown up with things that have actually happened like around us and to us. Literally the world <laughs> shut down because of COVID. I still can't believe that fucking happened. Yeah, it's like unreal. And like in that unrealness comes like just a sick sense of humor that we have to bring forward. Otherwise there's yeah. like kind of no point. Well, also like, in the article, they interviewed this guy, Chris Stedman, who's a writer and a professor of religion at Augsburg University, which I've never heard of, but go off, King. Um, I hope he gets paid. Yeah. And uh, he he feels like there's a noticeable renewed interest in Catholicism because, like, we live in a... We live in a... Pr- protestant country Mm. and like because protestantism is basically baked into the very politics and language that created this nation um and because it's like the religious background of so many people um Catholicism is kind of like this alternative religion that they could explore that mm-hmm. is arguably far more beautiful than yeah. what what they know to be religious experiences. Yeah, no, I agree with that because like I remember my Protestant church, or at least I, I remember it being Protestant. I don't know if it is. It could be like Lutheran or something. But right. I just remember it being like there were some really pretty stained glass windows, but it like was so ugly and drab and like everything about it was so boring. Yeah. And like I remember That's what I'm saying. Like, like the, we would go the into go- the basement. The gothness of the gothness of the Catholic Church is like what's so appealing about it. Like Catholicism really is goth in that it's all about like blood and gore and suffering, you know? Yeah. Oh for your yeah. Sins. Yeah, there's a lot of suffering. And like it's also like um Like have you ever read Doomsday. Dante's Inferno? No. That's all I've about heard suffering. Of it. Well, about it's the Dante's levels of hell. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I feel like I've been to the, all the levels of hell, so honor experienced yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and that's like kind of part of it too, is that like because that was kind of like the point of like naming my podcast Bell on Earth, right? Is like you can create heaven and hell like in your own perspective here yeah. on earth, right? Absolutely. And like I think that also kind of brings back some of that like um like alternative grunge scene right it's just kind of like this idea that like you can like kind of create your own reality through your perspective and through your mindset yeah and that also like like that reminds me of like praying's mission statement as a clothing brand which is like using nihilism to move past nihilism right yeah like how nihilistic to embrace god so ironically it becomes post-ironic and shirts like 
God's favorite move past joke status into like forming a sincerity about them. Yeah. Yeah, it is very interesting because I do think that we've come back kind of full circle, except like, I think instead of now, the biggest difference is that like, no longer are we turning to like priests or the Pope to like get our information about God. Like we've kind of come back to like accepting God, but in our own unique ways, because it's like, you almost like have to <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but like um it's without like that authority over it it's well, a lot more like i'm just so fascinated with how like the clothing slogans become like mantras of mm-hmm. sorts after a while like after you wear them like something like god's favorite or like i know they have sweatsuits that say you matter don't give up Mm. like yeah affirming yeah exactly after wearing that for a while it it like becomes less of a joke and more serious as time goes on like thumper has penetrated your soul since buying your shirt oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) the gay one in bambi yeah (laughs) oh my god okay um yeah i mean like biz sherbert who i've talked about on my last pod with aaron who Mm. wrote the uh rufm cell article Mm. i mean like she has a hot take about why tradcath is in which is basically like that all kids are getting into tradcath aesthetics because like cultural appropriation is out and and the only like place they can look towards is like white zones of culture Mm -hmm. to pull from which like I can understand as like a base reading as to why this is like a trend yeah. But I think my theory goes a little further than Biz's. Yeah, I do think that's like scratching the surface, but I'd really love to hear your theory. Okay. Should I just like go off? I think you should you just now? pop that pussy. Okay. The pussy's being that popped bussy. On, on the Jesus episode. No, it would be Jesse, right? Like Jesus pussy. Jesse. The Jussie. <laughs> Oh no, we're going there. uh, To hell, you mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, In promotion of this episode, I said I would probably say something blasphemous, and I'm like three glasses of wine in. Oh yeah, I'm getting there too. Um, Okay, so let me pop the Jesse for all y'all I think that um I think like we live in a okay <clears throat> let me present this like presentationally shall I yes okay. please I think that My theory is, I think we live in an increasingly feminized period in culture, um, which has to do with things like Me Too or uh, gender equality in the workplace or, you know, a, a change in our educational systems where we see women going to college far more than men. Mm -hmm. Um, So therefore like moving up financially. Um, I think like 
because of all of that, it's sort of in a bizarre way led to this like death of the paternal figure of authority. Mm. And that's literally manifested in the country electing a walking corpse of a man. Who is like an excellent metaphor for like this death of the idea of masculinity. Mm. And so because we're in this time that's both increasingly feminized and increasingly more chaotic on a global sphere... I think people long for a sense of order and structure in these farcical and absurdist times, right? Mm. And they also long for their most existential and nihilistic impulses to be reined in, for someone to tell them no and to discipline them. Mm. And this kind of discipline has traditionally come from the father figure, right? And what is God but the ultimate daddy who comes literally with his own set of rules on how to live your life properly? And on some level, I think, like, this predominantly white trend... Um, that we see in young people is about like longing for structure and order that they're not getting from their government, that they're not getting from their home lives, that they're they're not getting from the outside world. Mm-hmm that they might get in turning to religion. Wow. I love that your theory is just daddy king. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Freudian analysis because I I do believe everything begins in childhood. Mm. So and, and, and again I'll say it. What is God but the ultimate daddy figure right he's daddy j daddy j daddy no yeah i think that's a really fascinating theory because it's like i do obviously agree with like the fact that women deserve equality but i also do agree with the fact that like we've kind of gone too far over um instead of finding like a middle ground we've like gone from like patriarchy and like there is still like a lot of patriarchy right but there's like also we've kind of gone like so far where it's like you need balance like you always need balance in order to like function yeah and like we've seen me to like get out of hand and people mm. who like men who've been me too'd for like ridiculous reasons, like as or for false party. reasons, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen it become weaponized, you know. Like I, I, I mean, most recently in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, right? Oh my god, I didn't even watch that because I was like so done from I just didn't seeing watch it snippets. Either. I mean, they both seem kind of like messes to me. BPD hoes, you know? Well, they're both like abusive pricks, which is like why their relationship blew up. Like, and I really don't understand. They almost deserve each other. I know. I was like thinking the same thing, but I also don't necessarily know if I completely understand like um, the fascination with it because it's just like they're both so fucking annoying in their own ways. Johnny Depp seems sad to me like yeah I think he has some good roles right like some of his acting is some good fat roles now oh my god 
not ph <laughs> not ph but um i mean you know edward scissorhand slapped like let's be real but like we've moved past that era i know he's only gotten campier as time has gone on mm-hmm. i did you know what i did love rango i'll give him that i did you would love rango what is that supposed to be? It's a lizard it what who's it means. western. Okay, that's amazing. Nah, he did the one western movie where he was the Native American man. <laughs> oh yeah, great. But like, but then people like really love to be like. Why are we talking about JD <laughs> when we should be talking about JC? <laughs> what would Jesus do in this moment? He would rip. Tiny Depp, a new one. I <laughs> um I no, wish. but for real, it's like, but like I feel like also too, like if you look at that trial, they've almost masculinized Amber Heard, right, and then like sort of feminized Johnny Depp as like this victim, right? Where like both of them are very clearly, like you were saying, like very clearly chaotic messes, and I almost think that's like a really good um well it's like um camille polly talks about this in in her book uh vamps and tramps how like in abusive relationships like the dynamic makes both parties to blame like they're both playing Mm -hmm. into these roles basically like the 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 man is like he like regresses and lashes out and then he like reverts to a childlike state and the woman like is victimized but then she like gets to like play mother at the same time and like forgive him and in that forgiveness she kind of like holds power over him just as well instead of walking away yeah yeah which i can understand in certain situations just like with like financial reasons and stuff like that but right no i completely agree with that like you really do have to have some sense of responsibility um even though it's not necessarily like not necessarily your fault right we're not like taking sides or like saying that there's a fault but there is like a sense of responsibility in allowing for chaos to continue but i yeah. think like in the in like their situation like and I hate like what's come out of that is that there's like no um no like two sides in abuse and I disagree with that and I think that's kind of exactly what you're saying too is like even like there can be two abusive partners people play into abusive cycles yes like right people even like even the quote-unquote victim Mm-hmm. needs to take accountability for the role that they've been playing within this relationship, you know? And just to, like, bring it back to this article, um, to go full circle here, I think that for a really long time, humans have kind of, like, allowed themselves to be victimized by God. And I think with this, like, re- well, I think that's okay. Imagination of it. We kind of take back that role. I also think that in our increasingly feminized society, like it's trendy to be victimized because it's it's about like reverting to this childlike state of needing like attention and mother's love. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. well have you seen um Oh my god, which was it? There was like, I think it was not the recent one, but the one before that, ContraPoint has a really good um analysis of this. And it was like how in ancient Greece, essentially, like there was like this idea of like um 
like the strong and like the masculine, like they were like the virtuous, right? Like the Hercules figure was like right. the virtuous character. And over time, what happened was there was this switch of virtues from like strong, like heroic figures to like the slave being virtuous like the one who was being like whipped and the one who was being abused and the one who was being victimized, like they were the virtuous ones because they were taking on this abuse and oh, allowing it to happen. Yeah. I know it was really fascinating. And I was like, wow. And like, she was talking about Freud and stuff like that. She even like licked a little statue of him. Um, yeah, hot. Daddy. I know. I love contrapoints for that, but it was really fascinating. I think that's something that like really, like has come that up totally now. reflects our times yeah people yeah. people indulge in their victimhood because victimhood is a status symbol at the end of the day and in, it's virtuous in, in our matriarchal society it's it is virtuous to be a victim because sociologically all of a sudden we're about comforting everyone and everything being like very plush and mm-hmm. sensitive and soft and almost unrealistic to the increasingly harsh and terrifying world around us which i think really does add to that too because it's like realistically like I don't know, just personally, like, I live in the city of Austin, and, like, it's so fast-paced and so concrete, and, like, there is this, like, drive to go back to, like, the softness of just, like, like, grass, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, like, that same thing where it's, like, because, like, the world around us is so, so detrimental, it's, like, I just want to, like, be like that soft little victim of it all but you have to take responsibility for like your life and you can't just like allow all this stuff around you to like take control over you you know yeah exactly that's like being a new yorker too oh yeah i love new york i'm like i really want to go back because it's just like i don't know the south is so weird (laughs) it's such a weird place dude like I can't even describe it it's just like bizarre like it's it's not real (laughs) especially with like the abortion being kiboshed all of a sudden oh yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah there's that but it's also just like southerners are weird people it's very much like okay okay I went to school down south you went to and school in North Carolina. That's okay. that's south. You went in like the north part of North Carolina too. V- no, Virginia is the yeah, line. Yeah, Virginia is the line, but, but uh, can you attest to this? Why is like everything a little bit different down south? It's different, right? People okay. Just a little bit though. <gasps> like I... like things like it feels like something that you would see up north but it's like twisted a little bit different you know what I mean like like their sodas are like strangely like they feel like knockoffs of what you would get up north or whatever I love the jewel flying out of your hand for that but no you're right like it feels like vaguely dumbed down right and like Like you're getting the off brand yeah it's bizarre and it's like the walmartification of the south oh my god no like you know it's like weird because we grew up in like a very small town right like there wasn't a lot to do in our town but at the same time like being here in austin like there's almost less to do and everything is just like kfc or walmart right it's bizarre and or it's like literally like just fields of wheat (laughs) 
there's like nothing else and it's like so weird it's such a weird place to be and like I did like it at first like I'm not gonna lie but now I'm just like feeling like a little bit like just like weirded out by it yeah and everyone here is like so different where, in the where fact are the gays like, yeah but even the gays are weird <laughs> like they're a little bit less like I don't want to say smart but like they're just a little bit less like they're not introspective yeah (laughs) yeah we're like aware of their own like being we're like I think the best way to describe it is just like they would never call each other faggot yes exactly exactly the best way to describe it personally for me is just like if you are walking down the street right everyone in the south will say hi to you but if you like are in trouble everyone will just ignore you whereas like in new york or like in the north like if you're walking the street no one nobody's gonna say hi to you but if you're you're in trouble trouble, everyone is everyone is gonna have your back yeah Mm -hmm. and that's happened to me before like on both ends it's bizarre but it's so true. It's so true. People give New Yorkers a bad rap, man. No, they really do. And like I I've always loved New York. Me like too. I like love moving across the country and like being really like adult and everything, but just like I love New York. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just such a beautiful place. It's a vibrant city, you know. Yeah, and there's just, like, something about it that's so different from anywhere else in the world. And, like, not that I've been everywhere, but I've been to a couple countries, and there's literally no other city like New York. To be in New York is like being everywhere. Yeah. At the same time, too, because Mm -hmm. all cities, like, want to be in New York so bad. Yeah. And, like, something that, like, came to my realization when moving down to the south is just like exactly that like every city wants to be new york but new york holds like all of the financial holdings of the world yeah like it's also like all of the different cultures of the world too Mm -hmm. it's just like the meeting place for every single thing (laughs) yeah I love where this conversation has gone. It's just like a um it's like a, a pro New York sponsored convo. Yeah. Right We're really licking New York's ass right now. But I love New York. Like I really do. I think it's like when and I like I've literally driven across the country three or four times now. I love It's just a special place. Yeah. It's so beautiful and so unique. There's nowhere like it. We love you, NYC. I really do heart NY. <laughs> oh my god. I have to stop drinking. <laughs> All right. I think we've sucked New York stick enough. Uh, uh, that was my Jesse being popped. <laughs> You're Jesse. Yeah. Jesse Smollett. Exactly. Okay. Well, this was a great episode. I think so too. <laughs> I I think the the Patreon only release is going to be even better. Oh my god, cuz we're going to be even drunker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. And the topic. Oh yeah, the topic. Well, you're going to have to like go on to patreon to figure that out because we're not gonna let you know for free no snap in a c formation <laughs> you have to go subscribe to my patreon mm-hmm. to go see the next episode patreon.com slash humble superstar yes Probably? yeah <laughs> it, the link is in my instagram bio which is at humble superstar Right. I mean, if you're not following me on Instagram, how did you? (laughs) How did you fucking find the podcast? Okay, shout out to my two. Okay, shout out to my Russian, my Russian listener. Oh, you have a Russian listener. That's really. I have one Russian listener. 
from the Russian Federation. We love you. Well, you have to say something to them in Russian. Uh, they probably just came. Yeah, amazing. they just came and they, they came in their pants. They're pop. They're just yeah. I love you so much. I love that this podcast is international. <laughs> oh my god. You didn't think I would pull that one out, did you? Oh my god. I love the inside joke that no one else is gonna get Uh, no one else (laughs) oh my god that's so funny well you can follow me on um there's like a lot of i have like literally like six instagrams at this Um, point so let's see we'll just say bell on earth pod um and you can go on spotify or whatever and like listen to bell on earth we talk about dumb shit and you can also follow me on intuitive.honey. That's like my business page if you want to like pay me to see my face. So yeah. Sexy. And go Mexi. subscribe to, yeah. Go subscribe to the Humble Superstar Patreon if you want to hear us chat about another very special topic that is near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, love you. Bye. And if you need me, I'll be in my trailer. Bye. Bye.